0: A longstanding partnership among the National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration, the MITRE Corporation, and several car makers is about to expand. The program, called the Partnership for Analytics Research in Traffic Safety, or PARTS, is greatly expanding the data sets it uses in research. Joining me with details, the Chief Engineer for Transportation Safety at MITRE, Chris Hill. Chris, could have you back.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: Just review for us what the PARTS program is all about in the first place.
1: Yeah, so Parts is all about a data-sharing partnership between these uh, eight automobile manufacturers, the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, with MIDA in the middle, serving as the independent, trusted third party who collects, aggregates, and analyzes the data. It's really all about trying to understand the effectiveness of some of the new safety technologies that we're seeing on passenger cars and light trucks these days.
0: Got it. So it's not so much about driver behavior or road conditions and signaling, but about cars themselves.
1: Yes, it's really what do the technologies that are being put on the cars do to improve traffic safety? Now, certainly things like road conditions play a part in that. And a big part of the data we look at comes from police crash reports. So we know what the roads are like, uh, but we're basically measuring how effective these technologies are in reducing crash severity.
0: And what are some of the technologies of note that are designed to make cars more safe?
1: Well, there's a whole suite of them. We particularly are focusing on uh, automatic emergency braking, the technology that will put on the brakes if you're approaching another vehicle too close and too fast. And we're looking at various lane management systems, the technologies that make sure your car stays in the center of the lane, does not drift out of the lane or gives you a warning if there's something dangerous beside you when you're trying to make a lane change. But there are other technologies that we will get to in the future as part of the program.
0: Yeah, some of those technologies, like when you back up out of a parking space, it can sense cross traffic behind you, that kind of thing.
1: Yes, there's there's a whole range of other things, systems that will detect pedestrians and other vulnerable road users, things like uh, adaptive cruise control that will speed up and slow down your car, when you've got your cruise set. So yes, uh, lots of things that we can look at going forward.
0: So for these two, the automatic emergency braking and the lane management, what is the data sets that are coming in that have to do with those systems?
1: So essentially what we're gathering is we have the eight uh, automobile manufacturers who are providing us with the basically the, the build records for their vehicles, about 40 million vehicles Uh, between model years 2015 and model year 2021. We also have, coming from NHTSA, uh, the police reported crash reports from nine states. Now, the value of the data that we're getting from the automobile manufacturers, it allows us to see specifically what technologies are on which specific vehicles at a VIN level. We can match that data with the data we get from the police crash reports and be able to get an assessment of those vehicles versus unequipped vehicles involved in crashes.
0: So relative to the launch of parts program in 2019, then the difference is the data on the cars that are equipped with those two technologies that you mentioned?
1: Yes, we had fewer vehicles involved, about 10 million vehicles for our our prototype, We also limited our analysis to uh, just automatic emergency braking. And we only had six automobile manufacturers back then. We've added two more for the second phase.
0: Got it. And these are international names, but they all build in North America.
1: Yes. They're all companies that have a, a North American presence, sell cars into this market.
0: We're speaking with Chris Hill. He is the chief engineer for transportation safety at the MITRE Corporation. And are there any learnings so far with this new data being added in?
1: Yes. The first set of analyses that we did around uh, automatic emergency braking demonstrated that vehicles equipped with AEB were about 53% less likely to be involved in a rear-end collision than vehicles without the technology. Similar results have been found in earlier studies, but we picked that one because we had some sort of baseline to measure against. If we got wildly different results through our analysis techniques, we might have been a little skeptical. But uh, we got very similar results. Now we're expanding that to these other technologies.
0: And what will Nitsa do with this information? Have they suggested it could lead to a requirement for that type of technology?
1: No, really, they haven't. Um, the idea is to do this in a collaborative partnership. So each kind of learning, um, Nitsa, not flexing their regulatory muscles and uh, simply saying, let's all come together and understand better what these technologies can do and understand if there's anything we need to know or, or correct with these technologies. And that's valuable information for the automobile manufacturers, of course.
0: And how do you normalize the research, if that's the correct word for Some of the data is precise and incontrovertible. This car hit that thing or that car, and it had this equipment or did not have this equipment. That's pretty binary. In the case Mm -hmm. of accident reports, then you've got a lot of slippery variables. The road conditions, was the driver sober? Were they driving too fast at the time? There's a lot of things that are interpretive that get put in police reports. So how do you bring all that together in a way that you have confidence in the analysis?
1: Absolutely. No, that's a really good question. And there's there's two aspects to that. Of course, there is variability across the data set. Different officers who respond to a car crash are going to fill in those police reports somewhat differently. And uh, there's very little we can do to correct for that. What we do do, however, is we do take account of all of those different factors. So whether we look at the different types of environmental factor what the conditions of the road were, what type of roadway it was on, things of that nature. And in the dashboard that both NHTSA and the automobile manufacturers get to look at the results, they can play around with those factors. So they can decide to focus on a particular thing. To what extent is a slippery road condition having an impact on the results that we're seeing with that? All of those factors we can take into account, but we take them into account individually. We don't try to normalize them.
0: Because as you add the adaptive cruise control, lane management, and other soon-to-be-added technologies, whatever those might be, it gets to be a more complicated equation. There's more variables to fit in there.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and we've started uh, with just looking at individual features on vehicles, so looking at AEB as a technology or lane management as a technology, where we intend to go in the future is to start to look down to the what we're calling the attribute level. So obviously different manufacturers implement these technologies in different ways. They use different sensors or they have different criteria for when the system kicks in. In our next phase, beyond the phase we're in right now, we want to start to dig into understanding those so that we can give more direct input to the manufacturers about the way they've implemented versus another manufacturer. We will also begin to look at that sort of combination of technologies. What are we seeing when we have AEB and lane management operating together? But that's a a task for the future.
0: Yes, because I was thinking about the two of them operating together because the emergency braking might come in if you don't pay attention to the lane management or vice Mm -hmm, versa. Absolutely. You get this interplay that's pretty hard to measure.
1: Yes. But as I say, that's something we'll take on in our forthcoming phase.
0: So in a sense, you're using more variables in research, but then it sounds like the addition of the variables is giving light to research techniques as well. It's sort of a two-way street here. It is, absolutely. I mean, we're we're
1: learning a great deal in terms of how we can analyze these data and what results we can generate. I mean, it's not simply a case of being able to pump out an answer like 53%, as I mentioned, for AEB. There's a lot of joint learning that we are doing with both the government and with the industry partners.
0: Yes, because at some point, you'll have to bring in a new variable of the self-driving situation, which for the most part is still means there's a driver there but it's like 90% self-driving, and that must be a really wicked problem to try to figure out.
1: Yes, and we've certainly talked about that future when self-driving cars are more available. You know, parts is is not around to try and solve the self-driving problem. We're not going to do what uh, a lot of people are working on right now, which is to make sure these vehicles operate safely. But what we will do once there's a sufficient uh, penetration of those vehicles uh, out on the roads then we can certainly add them to the parts analysis. It means adding different partners, probably beyond the traditional automobile manufacturers. But the whole program has been set up to be flexible in that way.
0: Chris Hill is Chief Engineer for Transportation Safety at the MITRE Corporation. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post this interview along with links to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely.
1: Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you've entered their contact details correctly. And finally.